You should play live didgeridoo one time. Where is it? I know it's in here somewhere. This case file started. Uh, case file 26. <laughs> uh, the Franklin Roosevelt Expedition. That's completely uh, incorrect. What? No. That's <laughs> super. What, one of those three words is wrong. <laughs> uh, uh, alien theorists theorizing. I'm Brayden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. Uh, back in studio. This is weird, actually, having you here. It is your face. Because normally I'm face down in my pillow, like snoring. Normally you sound just absolutely horrible. I'm so uh, we're sorry. You guys have to listen to this fucker on Skype, but yeah, he's, in, he's in studio this tonight. So here we and go. And new studio. This is the first time I've been in the new new home of Alien Theorist theorizing. Um, it it looks unreal. I sent a picture on it's beautiful. Twitter. It is beautiful. I'm proud. It's far better than the space we're in. That place. We can't make sh- jokes. We used to make jokes about the studio and like it. It being really good, but it was really shitty. But now we can't because it is really good. The old studio was a shit box, and this studio is real. Yeah, this studio is awesome. Um, so we're drinking beer tonight. I, I don't know if you actually used the money to buy this beer, but let's say we're drinking on him. Whoever, what, do you remember his name? I had on my phone. Matthew. My phone died. Matthew. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Matthew. Uh, he supplied the beer for tonight. We are drinking Old Milwaukee Ladies. Mm. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Old Milwaukee ladies. I got I got redhead. Well, they got the ladies on they the can. La- they got ladies on the can. Oh, okay. I also right. have the redhead. She's she's wearing a pant little short pants shorts like in, short suit kind of thing. She's yeah. It's like a it's a what do they call it a onesie? Yeah, a onesie or not a onesie uh, jumper. Oh, she looks a jumper. Ah, uh-huh, okay. So, uh, polka, it's got polka dots on it. We didn't buy fancy beer. Uh, I'm gonna give it three stars because it's got three stars on the can. So it's the best cheap beer you can buy. It is. Oh, I like Bush too. Oh, Bush, like Bush, yeah, Buscemi's Bush are great. Steve Buscemi's. Um, any other uh, Twitter? I no one's sending Ron Pond pictures yet, which is a little disappointing. I haven't seen any Ron Pond sightings. I did. I did see one, and you know what? This could have happened to other people, so I'll give everyone the benefit of the doubt. And it's probably a rare occurrence to actually see someone out in public, like wearing the full denim. But I saw a guy yesterday, but I left my phone at home. And uh, I yelled out Ron, and he didn't look, so. So it wasn't him. Not him. So that's uh, cleared up. But, yeah, keep your eyes out there for Ron Pond because he's out there. He's in his denim. He lives. He lives. He's just as elusive as the Sasquatch. He's he's omnipresent, so he can be everywhere at the same time. (laughs) My goal is I want Ron (laughs) Pond to be bigger than Harambe at some point. (laughs) Just blow up the internet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got to destroy a little kid in this crib in, <laughs> in the cage first. Oh, and then has to be shot. I didn't even know what that was, and then I kept seeing. Uh, I was at the Canucks game, and everyone was doing those I, dap <laughs> dance moves, and then everyone had like Harambe signs, and people had Harambe jerseys, and I was like, "What? What is this?" Wow. You're, talk, you're talking about the gorilla, right? Yeah, I did I had not know that. I did not know that was that big. I, I had to look I've it up. I've seen the stuff about it, but I'm just like, wow. And then I, I thought like, it was going to die off like last why, month why are or people something. Mad? I, I watched the video. Come back with a vengeance. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why people got mad of them killing the gorilla. The kid was in there. You had a four hundred pound gorilla dragging this kid around. Like he's probably going to rip <laughs> it in half. <laughs> he was, he's got. Like, he, it was like he was dragging around a little speedboat when he was in the motor <laughs> by the lake. I was like, oh my god. They, what they should have done is shot the is shot the shot Harambe and then. Did something with the parents who let the kid fall into the gorilla cage. No, and then he was doing some weird stuff like poking his butt and stuff. I was like, oh, that doesn't look good. Yeah, like, you gotta, shoot the you gorilla. Gotta end, you gotta end this gorilla right now because uh, something bad's gonna happen. Yeah, and then I was looking into it and it's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of a big deal. So I want Ron Pond uh, to be bigger to than Trump, Harambe. <laughs> to Trump Harambe. So that's my goal. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. That was um, a ridiculously big story for what it was. Forget about it. <laughs> It's pretty. It was pretty funny because I I watched the video and I was like I'd never even seen the video, and I was like I was like holy shit that gorilla was. Well, where was Ron Pond there? You should help that kid out. <laughs> Maybe Ron True. Pond take the shot. Ah, uh, huh? I noticed the. I was reading that no one knows shot. who who clean shot, shot it. Yeah, one shot him. One shot, one kill. Man, that was funny. Not as good as one shot, two kills, collateral damage, but it's only true. your uh, Call, Call of Duty players will get that. Um, oh, <laughs> Xbox, Xbox players. It's a video game season. Video game it's season. Video game season. Um, so if you're playing Battlefront, uh, you're going to see us. Like, I know we said our gamer tags. I'm Renomon, uh, Ryan Zelfor, 
We'll put it on Twitter again. Uh, you're going to start seeing a lot more of us. Winter is our video game time. Uh, we got some big games coming up that I'm going to buy. I'm 100% buying Battlefield. Uh, we're going to get really big in Battlefield 1. Uh, oh, I'm super excited for this. A new Knights of the Old Republic. Get out. I just saw the trailer for it. And, That's going oh, to consume my life. Yeah, it comes out December. So we're going to get a couple months of Battlefield uh so yeah let's uh anyone who's got xbox i know i've added a whole bunch of you so let's start a you got a you got a clan tag att yeah clan tag att and then we're going to actually how many words because you think we can be prolapse i think you only get four Four? okay att then att uh but yeah so let's all play battlefield together uh we can be mechanics and engineers and snipers and it'd be fun should be a good time. And poor Dan on the PC. Well, sucks to suck. Ah, poor Dan. PC Master Race all the way. Hey, can PC... Can, I thought they could cross-platform Yeah, now. can we cross-platform and play with you, actually? Uh, I don't think so. Not yet. Not I don't yet. know about PS4 and Xbox. That might happen, but I don't know about PC. Right. Just because it's, it's all way, way different. <laughs> yeah, but I could use I could use a mouse and keyboard on my Xbox One and the same thing. Yeah. True. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, they should be. That would be to. cool. Yeah, that'd be all. Uh, really you got awesome. any? That'd be fun. Shitter twat outs? No, I None? don't. Oh, I'm wearing the new shirt. It is unreal. Finally like, got a. Sh- oh yeah, we've we've sent out some shirts. Has been people buy shirts. Saw. <laughs> I did see the sketch of uh, of Mr. Conspiracy. Uh, someone sent someone sent a sketch of Mr. Conspiracy. Oh, that was actually that was Raven. Raven yeah. Savage. Thanks, thanks, Raven. Yeah, thanks for that. It was, was pretty much a perfect representation. It was eerily close, like surprising. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, buy buy a t-shirt. We want to make more t-shirts because I don't want to buy my own t-shirts anymore. I will just I want to have a full closet of ATT. So the faster we get rid of these ones, uh, the sooner we'll pick the next batch and. Uh, you know, keep keep doing this. Uh, it's fun. I like this shirt. It's it's super soft. The next T-shirt contest is ending November third, but the T-shirts will become available shortly after that. No, it's not going to be a six month wait this time. So no, get your designs. And there's been a couple of good already. A couple of good selections come in. Yeah, I so far my favorite is someone did a crew drawing. Now we're going to have to fix it. They did a crew drawing of uh, like the the nine the nineteen seventy seven like Canada Cup. Like jerseys hockey jerseys with ron pond with pond on the, on the back oh yeah. and then alien theorists theorizing on the front with the half of maple leaf yeah like i really like that great. uh so yeah i get there and you know people on facebook i read some stuff and uh heard things where people are like oh you know i like the design and but it doesn't really capture the show and it's like it, it's made by the fans it's like we, we love you guys this show is nothing without you guys so we're i, I don't think we're ever going to really put out just i one i like this theme we have of the shirts are made by you guys for you guys so uh any any winner we choose that's the only thing it's uh it's 100 percent represents the show because without you guys we wouldn't do this at all not everyone's gonna love every shirt and that's okay just wait for the next one submit your design and yeah you make your own you don't like the shirt put your design in put a good one in and uh we'll pick it uh but i love this shirt like i am thrilled it's it's probably jumped up to my favorite shirt who they're nice thanks right thanks thanks danica yeah danica yeah thanks for this design danica it's awesome make sure to send us a picture uh wearing the shirts if you if you bought a shirt send in pictures wearing the shirts they they wear the shirt with your budweiser sweats (laughs) (laughs) people have bought shirts but there's no way there's no way they're getting them right away because i sent them out they take five to ten business days to get yeah well they're not gonna get them this one but eventually eventually i want to start seeing that twitter feed uh Popping off with ATT shirts. Okay, let, let's let's keep rolling. Let's go on to uh, space news. Yeah. Um, uh, no auroras, no chance of auroras. But I do have something cool. I am moving up north, uh, far north. Oh, you're going to Aurora country. I'm going north of the wall and uh, Aurora country. So I am actively yeah. going to try to get aurora shots so i will be on high aurora you're gonna see auroras weekly yeah so i like i'm really excited for that so i will be posting pictures of auroras when i can get a chance i will be up there in a week so start looking for aurora pictures on twitter uh what else you got what ryan what you got i see your eyes lighting up this is we talked about it like a long time ago probably almost a year ago the alien megastructure the star keeps oh, getting yeah. star keeps getting stranger. 
Really? So we've got an update. Update on the alien megastructure. This is we talked about this. Man, it must have been Case File Two or something way back. But there was like a str- like they were looking through the Kepler Space Telescope, and there was this weird, strange like dimming of this one sun. The sun is KIC eight four six two eight five two. Ah, uh, KIC eight four six one five two. Yeah, I yeah, remember eight four six two eight five two. Yeah, you've instantly refreshed my memory. Yeah, exactly. I can't believe I forgot. That Anyways, <laughs> so back then we were talking about there was this weird dimming going on that they're like, like they thought it was like some weird planet that made it, but it was too sporadic for like a planetary orbit. So they thought obviously that is an alien megastructure harvesting all the sun's energy. Yeah, that's the first thing your mind goes Super to. Cool. But now, like one year later. There's even more strangeness with the star, like dimming. Like it's dimming, progressively dimming over like a short period of time, which I guess for this type of star is never. It's not. It's not documented in any of the Kepler data yet. And some of the some of the dips in brightness are up to twenty two percent sporadically. Whoa! So it's not like a planet that, or it's nothing that we know of yet that can be dimming the sun that much for a short period of time. And in total, it's just like constantly becoming dimmer rapidly so chances of there being some type of dyson sphere they call it like a whole bunch of alien ships surrounding a star harvesting all its energy you know it's there it's in the debate it's there they keep talking about it they don't know what it is so because they don't know what it is scientifically obviously aliens aliens. yeah 100 percent. that's gotta be nuts because if we're looking at it from earth and if it's a couple million light years away it's like you're looking back in time Exactly. And you're like if it just that's gonna be crazy, and see how long it takes to if it, if it's some sort of like yeah if it's some sort of alien megastructure that's like siphoning off the energy of the sun oh, whether I, it is to you know that's cool to think because yeah so whatever happened there has already happened and we're seeing yeah. it so it's like yeah things could get even weirder in the like if yeah. it's getting like this it, yeah because it's fifteen hundred light years away okay so like fifteen hundred years yeah so the, like that's not too far relatively <laughs> Rel- yeah, it's a short distance as the scope of the galaxy goes as we know it so yeah hmm, so weird. maybe you're looking at something that's like they built it 1500 years ago and we're watching it and they're like thinking like this is a great idea this is the best idea we've ever had and then the star explodes <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, well, we're just gonna see a hypernova come out of there pretty soon yeah i just see it happen and you're just like wow that was a mistake <laughs> <laughs> oh man I, i'm really loving though that like i find lately I've been getting lots of like news about potential aliens with this now. And then the SETI getting their weird radio signals a while back. Like it seems progressively picking up that we're getting like, it's like, Oh, weird space stuff, weird space stuff. There's weird space stuff. There's weird alien stuff all the time. We're seeing like uh, yeah. what Chinese China just built the world's largest telescope. They just built the new one. So that ought to oh. be pretty cool. Is it a, it's a planetary telescope or is it uh, a radio, radio, telescope, radio telescope? Okay. Oh, cool. Well, well, China just said that they just confirmed UFO ex- or alien existence too, but I think the article might have been bogus, so I didn't really look into it. So, oh, you know what I had? I don't even know if I want to say it because I wrote down notes. You have to. Well, see, I'm going to botch it. Okay. Well, whatever. Okay. Well, I'm going to say I read this article about this ex um, Lockheed Martin engineer. Uh, he's like 86 years old now, and like last oh. year, yeah, you know about that too. Maybe we should we talk. Ha- we have the technology to send ET home. Oh, I don't know if it's that one, but he just documented. He had like old pictures and stuff that he personally kept of like aliens and stuff. And he was just like, "I want full disclosure. Like, I worked this forever as top classified job. There's aliens. We know of two types for sure. Like that. That stuff is, that happens all the time. And he called them. Uh, he called one Wranglers and some like rustlers or something." And he's oh, that's like, weird. I don't he's think like, I've heard that one. We get get along. I just read it and I wrote I wrote down all the stuff and then I forgot about bring it. Oh, but yeah. it's cool. It's uh, and he's old as fuck. Like, and my thing is like, why lie at that point? You know what I mean? Like, it makes more you, sense to me. You kept that your secret your whole life. Yeah, let it out. It, it makes more sense to me that you're old and you're like, you know, like you know what? Everyone should fucking know this. This is cool stuff. I want to change the world. And you say this, and everyone's like, oh, you're fucking lying. No, because I've heard that from Lockheed Martin. That I can't like I wasn't really planning on saying it, but there was a, this one like either CEO or some type of innovation specialist said we have the technology to send e- ET home, kind of like poking the stick at we have like anti gravitational space faring spacecraft, like we can do that. Oh, the, just like loosely, just like in passing, it's like yeah, we have the technology to send ET home. Why so. not? Why not do it? 
Just, well, they're probably doing it and we just don't know. Like they've sent... Secret, secret I, NASA program, the Black NASA. The Black, Black NASA, NASA program. I, I 100% believe that... We the, should do that one. The military, the military is, it's like, it's no one that it's like, it's tens or 20 or 30 years ahead of anything we have, or maybe even farther. I guarantee, oh, yeah. I guarantee they have some type of anti-gravitational torsion field exploiting spacecraft oh, that so can sweet. journey to space relatively easily. So I think they have it. But... We'll find out. We'll we'll let you know. We'll find out. We'll let yeah, you know. Yeah, we'll get to the bottom of it. <laughs> we'll look it up for you. Yeah, we'll look it up. <laughs> Hashtag look it up. Anyways, let's go. Uh, let's get to the topic. What do we got? Okay, so this is the famous Franklin's Lost Expedition. Yes. Right. Uh, summarize it. Basically, two ships, the HMS Terror and the HMS Erebus, <laughs> left uh, England in May 19th of 1845 to chart the Northwest Passage. At the point, these two ships were the most well-equipped and well-provisioned ships in pretty much all of world naval history at that yet, point. Yet the worst name. Uh, yeah, two of the worst names. <laughs> well, they were, Erebus and Terror. They were military sh- ex-military ships, so I think that's where they came from, like those type of yeah, sinister were, names yeah. before you sent them off on this expedition. But yeah, it's still crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they were both ships designed to fire mortars, so they were both like bomb ships. So yeah, inspired terror, but not you know not the most <laughs> auspicious setting out. Mm. But uh, anyways, these two ships left 1845 to chart the Northwest Passage through the North Pole. Hold on, Dan. And With names look. like Terror and Erebus, what are the odds this is a happy story? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> It's would, the would same as say, the odds as you, you getting on a names carnival cruise may ship. Have been named a little ominous. <laughs> yeah. You know, how, how good of a time are you expecting to get on a cruise ship named, you know, the Black Plague or something? You know, <laughs> come spend a week eh, down on Carnival Cruise. Hey, hey, what does Erebus Despair. mean? What does Erebus mean? Deep darkness or shadow? A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet! Uh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. That sounds fun, hon. Let's book that one. Where so is it going? these two ships left, never seen again. <laughs> well, after that, well, well they well, they have been seen uh, again. Let's say they've been found, but the crew. Well, technically, right. everyone's been seen the again. Crews, no survivors. But <laughs> there were no survivors in various states of uh, disrepair. Let's say that. Indeed, out of one hundred and twenty-nine, somewhere one hundred and thirty people put it at one hundred and thirty people. Uh, yeah, I got a hundred. No survivors. I got one hundred twenty nine. Well, I seen I seen one hundred and thirty five too. But that, I guess when they made it to Greenland, I think yeah, they, they got to sent, Greenland. They, they dropped sent, one off. They sent yeah. or they sent like four or five guys home for sickness. What year was right. this? Eighteen forty five. Eighteen forty five. So we can't talk to these guys, probably. Well, no. <sighs> Damn it. Ouija Ron, board. Ron Pond. Ouija board. Or Ouija board. No, we got to do a board. demon board. We'll get a demon board. And try. People have been asking, like, "Oh, we're not- we're, we're disappointed. <laughs> we're disappointed. You guys didn't. We guys didn't summon something with the Ouija board." So I said, "Okay, well, we're gonna try and get a demon board." <laughs> we're disappointed. Nothing's haunting you for the rest like, of your what? days and consuming your soul in hell. Like, Can you try it's again? Blaming the weather guy. That's like blaming the weather man that it didn't rain when he said it's gonna rain. Like it's uh, you know spiritual. Hey, we you tried. Know, we ghost tried. winds, whatever. Oh, it, I, I, I listened back to part of that episode the other day just, just for fun because someone said, like, when you guys were chanting Ouija, 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 it was so fucking dark and sinister. I was like, huh, was it really? It was pretty weird, actually. When I listened back, I was like, huh, yeah, we did that. Because we were, yeah, like, we were, we, we were we, into it. We, we gave wanted 110%. It. We wanted it. We tried. <laughs> we really tried to get shit. So, anyways. Continue. Sorry, Dan. Continue. 129 people lost their souls. Their lives. Yeah. Now, these guys, the, the the men that were on these ships were not, uh, they weren't newbies. They weren't new at this. The Captain Franklin, they weren't, uh, they weren't was Lily Sir Lillard? John Franklin, was an, uh, he was kind of old. He was 59 uh, when they hired him to do this, I think. It was his last voyage. It was his fourth time, though, but he had been to North Pole before. This guy wasn't a no scrub. <laughs> Like, he had done these things before, and he was ready to... He really wanted to make it through this time. Well, yeah, he said 59 is super old for that expedition. That's what I kept hearing. But because they only had, like, 300 kilometers left to track through the Northwest Passage, he's like, I got to be the guy. And they're like, well, they went to they went to another guy, the next best suitor, and he's, he declines. So like, oh, Franklin, you're in. Okay, but 59 years old in 18 when? 
50. Yeah, that's like a 1845. That's yeah. like a 90 year old now. Like that like guy is corpse. so fucking dead. No wonder yeah. he probably went. He knew he was gonna die. He's like, well, I'm I'm pretty much gone. So. He's like, I'm taking Screw 128 away. people with me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuckers. They'll never find us again. I'll live forever. Uh, these two ships, the Terror and the Erebus, uh, like I said, they were the were they were the best equipped ships. Uh, they had refitted these these ships. They pimped them out to make them be as cold weather resistant as any vessel had ever been. They reinforced the hulls with iron plating. Uh, they had actually uh, implemented some new Victorian technologies. Like at that point, they installed uh, steam-driven screws, propellers, which was completely new. They'd never done that. And these two ships had one thing that uh, ships had never had before. They had onboard desalinization plants so they yeah. could take seawater and turn it into fresh water. And that that comes back into the conspiracy a little later, but we'll, yeah. we'll leave you so hanging on that. Remember that. <laughs> uh, they're also the best provisioned at this point. Um, they had uh, the one of the biggest concerns about Northwest or Northern Polar exploration is uh, getting trapped in ice and pretty much starvation. You know, you run out of food, you don't have enough food, uh, you can't preserve the food. Uh, what are you going to do about it? Well, these ships were provisioned with. Uh, for at the one time, which was relatively new technology, uh, tin can food. They canned their food. So that was also new. But that'll come back to play later. <laughs> yes, it will. It's mm. the reason why I never have Campbell's canned soup. Yeah, and like and, and these these boats, they were they I think that they were supposed to be gone for three years. It was a three year journey they anticipated for, but they had five years worth of supplies. So yeah, they were ready to go. They they, they were saying, up for every like every situation pretty much. Yeah, they were ready to make it through on those ships. I mean, they had planned to make it through on ships. That was their one go-to plan. They they had no uh inkling of doubt that they weren't going to make it through on those ships. That was their whole thing. Yeah, because there was like for years before that, they were trying to find the Northwest Passage to cut like months off the trip to India or whatever it would or mm-hmm. they were going. Uh, get to Asia, yeah. Yeah, but they only had like 300 kilometers left. Well, they didn't know that they only had 300 left. But on now, if you look back at the map, how far they'd made it before that and how far they made it then, they didn't have that far to go. So like the, the possibility they could have made it, like they should, they should have almost done it. Almost made it. Almost. <laughs> so close. So close. Oh yeah, so so what happened? <laughs> so yeah, what did happen? <laughs> okay, so these <laughs> these two ships. Dan, just tell us how it happened. Dan knows, not <laughs> us. That's why we're asking. Hashtag Dan knows. <laughs> so these two ships leave. Um, like you said, uh, it was only supposed they had. They were pretty much sure that it might have taken like three years just to. They weren't going to go straight to. Um, if they made it through, they weren't going to go straight to Asia or make it straight to the Canadian mainland or wherever they were going. They, were, they, were, they had um, botanists on board. Uh, they were going to uh, explore, fa- uh, explore and record like new fauna and flora that they explored a lot, that they discovered <laughs> along the way. So um, they said about three years wouldn't be uh, strange to not hear from these two vessels. Like three right. years with no word would not be strange. So the first year that they didn't hear anything from either vessel. Uh, the Admiralty, the British Admiralty, weren't really worried. Um, they are like, nah, it's normal, it's fine. Like, getting messages out of the polar ice is impossible, so it's not a big deal, they'll be fine. The second year, they still had no word, um, but they still weren't worried. But actually, uh, Captain Franklin, the leader of the expedition, uh, his wife started to become worried. That she's saying that we should have heard something by now. And the British animal tree like, no, you're a woman. You're just, yeah. emotions are getting in the way. Get out of here. Go sell your petticoats. They said three years, all right? <laughs> yeah. So Impatient. when the third year rolls around, with no word, uh, now they've started to get worried. <laughs> yeah, now they're worried. They could have been lost on day two. <laughs> now they're like, well. Three years, Three I guess, years, uh, we haven't heard anything. I guess we should, uh, I guess we should look. Yep, so they started sending out search parties at that point to go and look for what was perhaps they were looking for survivors or they were looking 
for anything. They so, had just had no word. They had no idea what had happened to these two ships. Can you imagine being a search party back then? Because you're like, the ship went, they're like, oh, it's going to be at least three-year journey. Three years, and they're like, ah, we haven't heard them. We're going to send a search party. Search party, be prepared to be... <laughs> you're going in the ice for approximately three years to try to look for these guys. And they're like, oh, well, what happens if we find them? They're like, oh, I don't know. We'll send a search party to get you. Imagine you're you're one of those search boats. All right, guys, the Terror and the Erebus, they've been gone for three years. You're like, wait, what are they named? Wait, wait, what, what's Erebus mean? Uh, deep darkness or shadow. What? They're like, what's the ship we're taking? Oh, and they're like, oh, death. Yeah, you're, 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 on, death. The, you're on board death. Bringer of death. Uh, take the bringer of death to the Arctic and uh, search for the so shadow. Wait, you, and... want us, you want us to go find the ship halfway around the world that's been gone for three years? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> We're on it. Yeah. I guess so. Uh, how long until you send a search party for us? Uh, well, three at least years. Three years. Yes. Yeah, three years. <laughs> Perfect. So you send them. You send them with five years worth of provisions. How much do you get? One year. Yeah. Uh, Perfect. Awesome. Great for king and country. Yeah. Pretty much is what uh. it was back then. Yeah, they were so pretty much have the admiralty admiralty told you to do something you wouldn't fucking did it. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to do about it. I mean, back then polar X relation was that was the big thing. I mean, even in uh Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, that was uh one of the key themes like exploration of the Northwest Passage. Um uh back then that this was the big this was the uncharted frontier. This was the final frontier for man, Northwest Passage was like the coolest thing they could think of. Yeah, they just wanted that tea from India real bad, eh? So bad. They're like, we got to get a quicker way to get this tea. Let's see. Um, so these search parties went out. Um, they couldn't find any sign of the ships. They couldn't find either the Erebus or the Terror. Um, they couldn't find any anything left from either ship. So um, theories started to arise of what had happened to them. It wasn't unusual for things to... Uh, claim ships of those kind back in the day they could have been crushed by ice uh, when you do get it wasn't strange for ships to be stuck in the ice like you usually if you sailed through the northwest passage you were predicting you know you were anticipating that your ship was going to be stuck for a winter in the ice for sure because yeah you have you have your boat it's got sure it's got an ironclad hull it's meant for ice breaking but you can only break ice up to a certain thickness, and eventually you stop, and the ice just consumes your ship, and there's nothing you can do. Like, sorry. Hopefully it melts <laughs> yeah. in the spring so we can keep going. Like, all right, man. Batten the hatches. Bust up the I mean, once beans. that ice gets you, once that ice gets on that ship, if it keeps freezing, it'll keep expanding, and it, you know, it can literally crush the hulls yeah, exactly. of the boats. For sure. You know? So that was an unusual disease. I mean, they still had scurvy back then. Scurvy was still a big problem. Yeah, scurvy was and, a problem, but I read that they, they had, like, a shitload of lemon juice on board to combat scurvy. Is that and really all it takes? You need vitamin C, right? Is that well, all it is? Is a vitamin vi- C deficiency? Yeah, extre- deficiency? extreme vitamin C deficiency. Wow. They didn't, they didn't know this at the time, but um, that they, they, they figured out that, yeah, vitamin C, uh, you know, juice from limes or lemons will usually uh, combat scurvy. It will help to combat scurvy. But what they didn't know is that vitamin C degrades over time. And then if you uh, leave it, al- you know, if you leave it long enough, like you'll still have, you'll still face so, scurvy. So I mean, for your, those extended you, voyages. You got your lemon juice. It's full of vitamin C, but after six months or a year, it kind of loses most of it. Yeah. And then it's, right, exactly. It right. loses its potency. So Makes sense. You know. Just like so, just and then, like boiling vegetables, they lose all their vitamins because you destroy them all eventually. And pretty much typical of the British imperialist superiority complex, um, they thought that maybe they had been attacked by Inuits uh, by the people of Native Americans. I thought you were about to say aliens, but <laughs> no, it makes sense. The Inuit people with their vast navies, they're, they're, yeah, sav- they're savages up there. Yeah, basically, that's what they thought of the Inuits at that time. So. <laughs> Um, they thought of any native people. Oh, they're savages! You know, they'll just kill you and and cut your cut the fat from you and use it to Gary clean their. Gary, you better whatever. not say anything about us using Inuits as savages because <laughs> yeah. come on, that is the technical term. That yeah. is the, that is yeah. the correct. Inuit, the Inuit is the good term. Eskimo is the bad term. Yeah, Eskimo is the bad one. All right, Eskimo mm-hmm. Gary. Es- <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know what he is. 
It's Mongoloid Eskimo Gary. I think Mongoloid actually con- considers like northern. I think it does take him in Yeah, I think it oh, takes it? consent. It's like may encompass just, those. Ones. Yeah, I may encompass that whole the whole well, area. Both those words encompass Gary. So. Yeah, come on, Gary. Very fitting. Uh, so they the so na- the search parties go out. Yeah, it, it was like a it was a lot it was a lot of boats, wasn't it? Um. I don't have the exact number of boats, but there were a lot of expeditions that set out to go find uh, these two ships. Because at the time, uh, uh, speaking like uh, around that time, losing these two ships, these two, they were basically technological marvels. It it was the cultural equivalent of losing the International Space Station. Right. Oh, that would suck. Because, yeah, they were like full, like leading edge military ships and then by the time they con- yeah, convert were- converted them put all that desalination stuff yeah, they were just like they're one well they're two two in a million yeah these were they're unique exploration ships that they put a lot of money a lot of time into them and and losing completely losing track of these two uh marvels of modern technology or exploration you know was a really big thing so they had lots of expeditions that went out that were funded by both the admiralty and also a couple that were funded by um franklin's wife lady franklin right she was fucking loaded he had a lot of money was a rear admiral admiral yeah lots of cash it's uh so they didn't even really give a fuck about the crew they were like, we just we want to, those damn we ships. We got to recover the ships. Like that was their. Well, I mean, goal. they probably wanted the ships. They wanted the charts, uh, what they had found. I mean, that was the most important thing was the information. Yeah, and yeah, for can't that go, can't go to complete waste. They had um, the ships. I think both of them, or at least one of them, was equipped. Like they had uh, uh, distributed these can these canisters for uh, keeping records. Like if uh, you were, sp- they're like copper canisters, I think. And you were like, if they had any uh, charts, uh, things like that, information uh, correspondences, the ships were supposed to, to store them in these canisters just in case, uh, you know, they were weatherproof and to keep things safe. Right. Hmm. Nah. Okay, so, so. They, so these rescue missions, they eventually found, they started finding stuff, right? Yeah, they found some things, and I think it was about um, 18, let me see here, 18, let's see, I want to say. I want to say it was like 18, pretty much, um, 1848 or something by the time they actually got there or something, but. Yeah, I think it was about 18, one, one of the, the expeditions sent out by Lady Franklin uh, found some things. They found uh, artifacts from the expedition, they found like silverware, they found plates, um, just not not much, and they found like one message that was sealed in a can, um, and that one at that point uh, they, they had found it on King William Island. As I think this is where most of the story takes place. Is well, well, what happened? Well, yeah, I think they found they like they they first they found three dead bodies on what was called Beachy Island. Oh. Yeah, Beachy Island so, is come first. So yeah, they, they yeah, had but, evidence of a winter camp there. Yeah, yeah. So evidence of a winter camp. I think there was between. I want to say, I think it was like winter of 1845 and 1846 because they actually found their records, right? But they found, right. yeah, they found three graves on Beachy Island. So three guys croaked. Three guys croaked. These they're, three died. They're dead. Right. They're dead before the rest of the crew. So there's still a hundred and whatever. It is. And those are the uh, those are actually the ones that they had exhumed in 1984. They had those bodies taken out. Yeah, let's, um, let's get and, ba- let's get back to that after because that that leads oh, to more, okay. more of the conspiracy side of it. But okay, so we'll so yeah, touch they, on that later. They went to they first went to Beachy Island. They found these three things, and then yeah, they went down to what was that? What was that called? King William Island. Yeah. So as the yeah that as the expeditions like the rescue expeditions kept going, they went down, and that's where they found. They started finding like those like the rock. They're like almost like a rock tomb with a tin Cans, can, tin canned can inside with paper in it, like describing what happened. Right. They had what they found two of them. Uh, I know they found the first message, uh, which was sealed in a can. It was sealed in a tin can, and I think that was the one that said "all is well." Like everything was. They 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 still had high morale at that point, and then they found the second message, and uh, this message had been written almost two years after the first message and it had said that you know pretty much we're screwed like we're we've already lost about 30 percent of the crew we've been trapped in ice for two years basically is what it was saying yeah, pretty much two and, years uh, yeah 
they're, they're in a bad way. Uh, that's and I think, and that's where they found out that John Franklin had actually died. Right. John had actually, they said they put him at 1847. So two years yeah, after they had left, uh, he died. Huh. So what you're saying is morale was pretty low. <laughs> morale yeah. was really low. Really low at that and point. And hit an all-time low. Yeah, but I think I yeah. think in one of these notes, I think this is where it said that John Franklin had died, and the remaining 105 officers and men were attempting to venture by land for a Canadian mainland settlement by the Hudson Bay Company, somewhere, yep, they, somewhere, somewhere in that northern northern island area. They said they uh, left the ships at this point. Uh, what they guessed had happened, what they put together from forensic evidence, is that the the crews left their ships. Um, they loaded up one longboat. Uh, that they were going to attempt to pull on a walk south to that uh, that outpost or the outpost that was there. And that outpost was about, they said, about 600 miles. They were going to have to walk wow. 600 miles. Pulling this longboat, which they said probably weighed around 1,400 pounds. Which is a lot. But if you had that many guys actually pulling it to start, it would feel light to start with. But as guys started croaking. Yeah, as you guys started like, dying, yeah. getting... Uh, just if we get to the food and stuff, like getting weaker, running low on supplies, so, like that just would have not been fun. Spoiler alert, I'm guessing no one made it to the Hudson Bay Company. Oh, yeah. So uh, they went off They went off for the Hudson Bay Company outpost. None made it. Not a single not one. One person made it. So did they ever track that that group? Well, like um, I've, I've read that. They could kind of trace. You can trace like the dead bodies. You can trace like the cans they left, and they kind of they were in a group for a while, and after a while they kind of started to split into two groups. It's kind of what I read, and eventually that the trail was ran cold, and then there was no more clues to be found. So here's my question: To me, right now, with the information we're given, it sounds pretty cut and pretty cut and dry kind of thing. You know, they got trapped in ice. They're like, okay, well, fuck it, let's tow a boat. Let's try to walk. We're fucking stuck. They all die in the cold, frigid winters. So what's uh, what's what's the conspiracy? What's what's the strange? What's what's odd about this? It's very strange because they had so much food and so much resources, and they were they knew what they were getting into. They knew they were going to the Arctic. They knew they're going to get probably their ship was going to get stuck in the ice, and they have to wait at the winters. So that's like the weird part is that why why leave the ship? Why go on land? Like. But the the ships weren't found, right? They found one. I'm pretty sure they found one, didn't they, Dan? They found both, actually. Both are most were recently found. In October first, two thousand fourteen, they found the Erebus, uh, which was submerged underwater. Okay, but and the September twelfth, two thousand sixteen, they found it. This year. The or they confirmed it that the they terror? found it this year. Yeah, they found the terror. Oh, so they didn't find them because in nineteen eighty they went looking for them, and that's when they that's okay. In nineteen eighty, they found went to Beachy Island. Yeah, and they exhumed the graves of these people. The bodies. Yep. Yeah. And after like man, it's been like a hundred and fifteen years or something between when they were buried, and they exhumed the bodies, and they were like because they're in the permafrost, so they were all deformed, but you could still tell like they were human. You can still see. I mean, like, they were still they were pretty good. They, yeah, they looked I mean, like they, they, were fro- they were frostbitten, obviously like frozen solid, but you could see a person's face. You could like, you could almost like look yeah. at their character of their body. Yeah, like, hair, yeah, hair, all the soft tissues were very uh, well preserved. Okay, which is usually what happens so, in, in permafrost. Okay, so here, so they found them. So here's my thing: they they got stuck in the ice. The ice, the ice winds it breaks the ships. The sim- the ship sinks, so they don't have a choice. They have to get off the. But we don't. Know, we don't know the ship sank yet. The ship is sank now. Okay, the ship sank now. So let's say, for reasoning's sake, like because I I don't see if you had all the food, why not stay on the ship? So my guess is, the ship has taken damage at this point. That's why they're getting off. They're like, well, we're fucked. It's very plausible. So what else is what else is weird with this case? Uh, there's a lot of weird stuff this, actually. Yeah, it just keeps um, getting weirder. We we can the forensic evidence tells us how these people died. Perfect. And this you, um, is this is juicy. Uh, it, the three people who died on uh, Beachy Island when they exhumed those bodies and they did autopsies on those corpses, they found out that those three actually died of tuberculosis, which is not that at that time it wasn't uncommon uh, for that disease to claim. 
uh, sailors and anybody really back then, the consumption, you know? Yeah. So those three died of um, tuberculosis. But what is kind of strange about the beachy island... They didn't um, have the Lamalisa test back then. No, they did not. <laughs> no. What is weird about the Beachy Island site is that they said they found a lot of evidence. Uh, they found hundreds of tin cans uh, that had, that basically told you the the ships had wintered there at Beachy Island. Like yeah. they had, had they had pulled down anchor, and that's where they were going to stay for the winter time. But when they left, uh, they said they left a lot of stuff behind, like a lot of stuff that that was kind of strange. That they like, why would you leave so much stuff behind? Uh, it looked like they left it. They left in a hurry, so that was one of the kind of weird things. Like what kind of stuff? Like food one. and food and just like ship supplies. Uh, yeah, ship supplies and some t- some some of the food they left behind. Um, just a lot of things that that looked strange. You're like, why would you leave all that stuff behind? And why in such a hurry? Why did you leave so fast? Dun dun dun. And that was okay. Here's my question: Do we know if those Beachy Island, the three from Beachy Island? Were they buried? They were buried. Yes. Okay, because yes. I was going to say, maybe back then they thought maybe what they had was contagious and stuff, and they left them there with supplies. But no, so they were buried. So it doesn't make sense why they left supplies. Yeah, they were. Uh, it, it was kind of strange. One of the leading theories is that um, Captain Franklin, that, like when the ice started to break, uh, he felt like there wasn't going to be much time for them to get away. Like, they weren't going to be able to beat the ice. Like, they needed to get out, like, right then. So they loaded up the boats as fast as they could and took off. Yeah. I, so they didn't have time. To- I heard that that they were stationed there. They get their, their ships got ice locked. And they had a brief moment where they could make a dash to try and get out of there. So they just quickly just unanchored and tried to peace out. Go, go, go. And Yeah, yeah that's probably, so, that probably kind of explains why they would leave, like, a lot of stuff behind. But Okay. Yeah, so they get a little, they get a little further south, and they get to what is uh, known now as King William Island, and um, I think th- they're saying this is where uh, things shit got fucked. <laughs> they're like, this shit is this is this, this is the bad. This is what's what happened. Um, uh, the terror and the Erebus, like there, there were some factors that they feel like from the beginning. These these ships were were done. Like there's no way that this place this expedition was gonna make it. Um, but another kind of perfect storm of unfortunate events was that apparently um, scientists recently took uh, core uh, ice core samples from the from the polar ice caps, uh, which they do many times to analyze uh, weather patterns or. Uh, even chart uh, things like global warming or climate change, you can tell from drilling into the ice and taking up the the uh, the core samples. They tell you how much ice melted. You know what the it could basically tell you what the temperature was of the planet at a certain uh, time. And the ice core samples, which they estimated to be from the same time, about late 1840s, they said that it was like the worst polar winter. Uh, in for for five years, like a five year period, it was the worst winter. Like there was no way that the ice was gonna melt. Like oh. when they got stuck there, it was just like they were stuck there. And when they, as you know, they had uh, anticipated the ice melting, it wasn't gonna melt. It never melted. Beca- it never melted that like spring and summer. It just stayed frozen. Right. Solid. It just stayed there. It just stayed frozen solid. Oh, that has to be the just just the worst for me. So then that would explain to me why you leave the boat. You've given up hope. Like, you know, a full year, the ice doesn't melt. You're like, okay, well, are we going to sit and wait another year? If we wait another year, we're out of food. But they weren't out of food. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. This is this, That's only year two, year three, and then they had five years of provisions. Yeah. All right. but, so let's get... You want to talk about the food? or? <laughs> okay. So the food. We kinda, we've mentioned this on the Power Hour about the lead. The lead in, lead in canning process back in the day was pretty rampant. Not to the point where, like, lead poisoning, you take, it takes a lot of lead to, like, really make, I think it takes a lot of lead to really make your mind go nuts. But there's evidence that this canning process that they did, because of the short notice of the, of the trip, in order to get that much food ready for it, there was some shoddy soldering processes. Like, when they went in the 80s and they collected all the cans, they kind of looked at, like, Maybe that's too much soldering 
for like one can, they would just like infest the food with lead. So lead poisoning can make people go crazy and you see things that aren't there, blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of one theory. Dan, what do you got on it? Um, yeah, pretty much the same thing. The, the, the canning process back then was not perfect. Now, they had been canning food for a number of years and other ships at the time had been set off with provisions, uh, canned provisions before and, and at long time afterwards. And no sailors really suffered from uh, any really degenerative effects of lead poisoning or that they could observe anyways. Yeah. Um, but it that wasn't accounting for that these voyages that they set out on weren't these ones where you were going to be stuck in the ice for, you know, two or three, four years. Um, also, the canning process was not perfect. And they're saying that a lot of the supplies that made it onto the ships, the Erebus and the Terror, uh, actually ended up being crap. Like they were, they, like, uh, I forget the, the ratio of how much, but they're saying that a lot of the food had, um, signs of botulism, like yeah, they were I heard decomposing. The, I heard the botulism because, yeah, if you don't boil your cans enough before you actually seal, like seal the air in, botulism can run rampant in your food and just destroy everything. And if you eat it, then you're screwed. So. Yeah. Yep. So I, they may have ditched a lot of provisions along the way. So that definitely took a toll on their chances of survival. Ooh, I, never th- I never thought about that actually. That they noticed yeah. a lot of cans were bad, so they just started chucking them. Yeah, yeah. they might they might have figured it out, and they they threw a lot of it out. So I'm going to say because I'm going to go with the simplest ex- explanation right now. I'll be the devil's advocate. Aliens, aliens, <laughs> uh, aliens. No, so I'm that, that's what I would think, right? The shitty work, and now they're realizing it, right? Over the time they've spent, shit's going rotten. So now they're like they're stuck in the ice for a year, well, and that- they're going the amount of stuff that we have that's rotten. We're not going to last. We got to make a break for it. We got to go. Like we're we're fucked if we don't. Who knows? Yeah, and I think that was the I think that was the general consensus of the crew was like we need to go. We're we're going to be. We don't know when the the ships are going to be uh, released out of the ice. I mean, we've been stuck here for a year longer than we thought we were going to be. Uh, if we don't get out now, uh, it's either stay here and die on the ships. Um, or, you know, try to hike it 600 miles to the closest outpost. So of any, any signs of the other parties? So what they figured out, um, on King William Island, uh, they're saying that some, uh, of the, the hundred or so that set out from the ships where they had been, uh, ice locked in King William Island. Uh, they said that they, they set off down the coast of uh, King William Island, and maybe at that point they had small splinter groups start to, to co-off. Um, you know, you'd lose four or five guys, whether it was starvation or whether it was cold, and then you'd lose other words that what uh, they said a group might have turned back and gone back to the ships, uh, thinking that they would be safer there, or that they would make it, that that's, if we're going to be rescued, that's where we need to be. That's where they're going to look for us. We need to be on these ships. Yeah. Um, they said that uh, on King William Island, it looks like there is evidence of the of pretty much two factions uh, that that grew up in this kind of moraleless situation. Uh, you had a group that was on the ship, uh, which might have, probably was uh, most of the officers and some of the other more loyal crewmen, and then you had another one that was over in a, a tent. Uh, on the island they're in a kind of a tent uh, town like a big tent they had uh, erected on the shore um, now there is a strange story um, that was told uh, to one of the um, one of the investigators of the uh, of the this incident uh, 1869 there's this guy named Charles Francis Hall and he was an American journalist and he spent a lot of time with the Inuits uh, around that area to try and figure out what happened to the expedition. Um, now, this was kind of strange at the time because a lot of people, like especially the British, discounted all the uh, interactions that the Inuits had and had reported um, of them having with the crew of the expedition. 
the Inuits had interacted with them on many occasions. Like they came passing through. Yeah. They, um, like the Inuits would go out there hunting. They're in hunting grounds, and the, the the Inuits would talk to them. They didn't speak English, but but they uh, they could see the conditions of the crewmen, and and they told it um, to people back at their village. Yeah, like I I read that the Inuit people in their accounts they seen this group of white men stranded in the ice in the winter time. And they talk to them or try to talk to them or communicate with them, but it was no one by the Inuits that they weren't going to make it and they couldn't help them. So they just left them pretty much. And then they would, right. I mean, they would, fa- they, the Inuits they, and, yeah. they found, they would have found, they found their camp like the year after and they were all dead pretty much. Yeah. Well, before they were, before they were dead, they were saying, um, one, one Inuit woman told about, uh, whether it was one of her relatives or something had gone to the ship. Like had gone to the ship, you know, just to explore it or whatever. It didn't see anybody, but actually went inside. And he said when he went inside the ship, uh, down inside the hold of the ship, he saw men, and they were down there. And he said that they were, he said that they were black, like their their skin was black, not not necessarily from frostbite, like they were alive, and like they were wearing black, and they were just everything black, and they were not a happy, and they weren't going to let him leave. Like he felt like they weren't going to let him leave until uh, what appeared to be the captain of the ship came down and and told the men like you know let him go like he he needs to leave and the captain said something strange to the Inuit and he said there's he basically tried to communicate the idea that there there's a tent uh, on the shore far from here if you see that tent don't go there he told him just don't go there. Stay away, huh? And then let the Inuit go. Let the Inuit go. So you have a crew now. You have an eyewitness account of a crew, all in black, skin black, who are very aggressive and borderline hostile. Warning them about another group in Tent City, not not wanting to go there. So. I remember reading somewhere that there were signs of cannibalism. There was signs of survival cannibalism in the end. They, I guess they, in this, in the crew that went in 1980 or whatever, they found the bones and they could, they could pretty much see that the bones had been chiseled as to get the meat off, either frozen meat off a bone. Like there was like scratch marks and chisel marks off of it. So there was definitely signs of survival cannibalism. So, Maybe that's why the group split, right? Because you had half willing to eat everyone else, eat everyone, yeah, and half being like, "We're not going to resort to that," right? I think that's that was the that was the agreed uh, happening. What happened was that the the ones in Tensity they said they found evidence over there of bones that had been they had scratch marks on them, which are uh, evidence of like systematic butchering. Yeah, like they had right. a lot of cuts where the joints were, uh, and also where the hands and feet were. And somebody made the made the uh, like they paid particular attention to cutting off the hands and the feet. And they're saying that's because the hands and the feet are the most parts uh, that are most human, and that taking those off made it you know, maybe easier for it doesn't really you know, seem, to commit. seem like yeah. you're eating your own kind anymore, right? To commit that you know the last resort. Yeah, I don't know. We, we, one thing we didn't touch on actually with the lead poisoning, it was more than just the cans. I mm-hmm. read because that the desalination system was on there was a it was like a it was a state of the art system for that time, right? And it was all like it was all that ship was retrofitted with lead pipe with lead soldering. Yep. And usually lead pipe and soldering it usually takes a while to like build up a membrane around the lead so it just stops leaching off yeah, into water. A, like a scaling. Yeah. yeah like like usually you'll build up a scaling. Yeah. Exactly. So they the theory goes that because that was such a new system and the way they put it in the, and how the joints were soldered and there was so much lead in the system that because they were desalinating so much like seawater, because it wasn't just for right. drinking, it was for cooking and all, like, it was for yep. everything on the ship. Yeah. yeah. That they said because yeah, those, the pipes were so, they were so fresh that they would just leach so much lead into the water that you were drinking and eating, that that would have caused you to have, that's very probable to cause like severe lead yeah. poisoning, which would cause like dementia and just like, you just wouldn't know who you are. You wouldn't know what's going on. And cannibalism would probably look like a more, uh, more you know, acceptable yeah. practice at that point. Exactly. <laughs> so 
here's my thing. Like, we always get messages about this one. Like, what's 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 the conspiracy? What's the conspiracy about this one? Because for me, it seems, you know, pretty. Well, you want to hear a conspiracy? Yeah, I want to hear a conspiracy. Yeah. All right. There's this guy, Jeffrey Blair. Jeffrey Blair Latta's book, The Franklin Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. He postulates that between 1818 and 1859, there was a secret scheme by the British Admir. Okay, by the British and the Canadian Arctic. Ah, oh, fuck. What do you even call these guys? Government, I guess, it was gov- not really Canadian government at the time. But anyways, they were hiding a race of giant alien beings. Uh-huh. And Mr. Conspiracy talked about this on the yeah, last hour. Anyways, these likely alien beings had superior knowledge of radiation and the ability to levitate ships. So the conspiracy goes this way: that these alien beings were wanted to experiment on this crew who's up there and I guess levitated their ships onto the ice or into the ice or onto shore or wherever it was at start. It's a crazy conspiracy, but that's yeah. one of them. That's that. There's, that's, I mean, there's, that's the Mr. Conspiracy they said there's some evidence. Uh, I mean, there were Inuits that reported seeing the corpse of, like they said, they saw the body somewhere uh, on the crew or on the ship. They said they saw a body of a what looked like a giant with long teeth. Like yeah. that's one of the quotes of so, what they had. Oh, either that's, that's weird. is that an L nasty or an A, a nasty? Maybe they oh. killed an A nasty. Oh. An A nasty. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, another theory uh, put forth by I think it was that that Franklin that same book was they were saying that um, they had also the Admiralty had you know had uh, commissioned this exploration to chart parts of Hollow Earth or explore. Uh, regions around the entrance to Hollow Earth, or they had a theory that you yeah. know they wanted to find this thing. I've heard which is popular. I heard at the time. It's, it's, yeah, it was more than just a Northwest Passage. It was it was a bunch of different things that that was a conspiracy hiding stuff. But there's like there's not really a lot on it, so it's a really really yeah. weird mystery. That's for sure. Yeah. It, well, is it even because like I can make like to me these conspiracies like I know this one has been mentioned a couple times on Twitter. We've got emails about it. People want us to do it. To me, I'm like, the best cases are the ones where the little, like when you have to make a little jump and making that little jump to make a connection to be cra- yeah. is, is like, yeah. and that's crazy, but it just takes a little jump. Those are the best ones. To me, from this one to get really crazy, you have to take a pretty fucking mighty leap. Because yeah. all the ones for me, yeah. the little jumps are the ones where it's like, okay, yeah, they had lead poisoning. Yeah, they were all painted black because they were fucking going crazy and they were split up because one half was okay with eating people to survive they were eating people to survive because their food was all fucking moldy they left the ships because they've been stuck their year they're running out of food like i can make little jumps to those assumptions other than the fucking giant with the long teeth you can't really that's kind of a fucking weird one that's a mr conspiracy yeah. uh yeah gi- that's a left eaten by giant alien super beasts but uh you know, I mean, for me, this one, it just, it, the, all the little leaps are, make more probable sense, not human, but you have to go way out there with not a lot of evidence for me to mm. be like, it'd be different if they were like, oh, yeah, we found the bodies and they were all fucking highly irradiated. Yeah. yeah they yeah. were like, oh, shit, like Dyatlov Pass, right? Where it's like, yeah, yeah there's yeah. trace amounts of radiation, <laughs> like, yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Right? Like this one, I mean, I can make the leaps. If you want to take nor- a, if you want to take another perspective on it and you want to go with a more like supernatural uh, perspective at it and you come at it from that angle, I would recommend Dan Simmons' uh, 2000 novel, The Terror. Uh, AMC's, and we were talking about it. Um, AMC's turning it into a movie. Uh, I've read it. Um, you heard it here I read first. It. Heard it here first. <laughs> I read it. it it's it's pretty good. Uh, it's slow in some parts, but if you know some of the... Ba- I didn't know the background about the Franklin... Uh, expedition, um, but if you're interested in it, it's pretty accurate portrayal of uh, what happened. Um, this was it was published in 2007, so it was before the Erebus and the and the Terror had been found or the actual ships had been found. Yeah. Um, so it kind of puts a little bit of a supernatural spin on what happened. Uh, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but it, it's pretty good if yeah. you want to check it out. It's a pretty fun read. In in my mind, I'm going to say, because we've touched on this in a power hour, we've dedicated most of this episode to this. I'm, I'm put, I'm, that's the gavel. Uh, this one's closed for me until, unless we get some crazy new information. 
there's it's not solved, but there's nothing really to pull you in a way that you're like, hmm. Yeah, like I I don't understand why people are always like, oh, look into this one. It's so weird. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's, it's a crazy mystery for a hundred years. I mean, it was like we had no idea what had happened to him. So I mean, yeah, you until, could just until, until 1980, stuff. there was no nothing on it. Yeah, right? yeah. So I imagine if we did this podcast 1979, maybe there's a little more wiggle room for <laughs> weird shit to happen. But to me, I'm like, I. There isn't like there is holes in this story, but it's easier. If, you know, the simplest explanation is usually the true one, and it's, Occam's razor. Yeah, it's like, and it's easy to make this assumption of like what we're talking about. Like Elise yeah. Lamb, you make little jumps, and you're like, you're Ooh. like, what? Well, it's, it's a little weird, and oh, yeah. now it's Operation even High Jump. Yeah, yeah exactly. Operation yeah. High Jump, you make a little jump, and it gets even weirder. Like this one, you have to make a like a big leap. So I think I think this one's pretty much case goes for this one. We've did it. This one was a you know what we get lots of callouts to do this one. So we got lots of callouts. Look it up. It's a really weird story. There's a lot of good books on it, and there's a lot of information. There's yeah, way it, more than we covered. There's there's more on it, but it it is interesting. But when you get right down to it, like conspiracy wise and alien wise, like eh, it's not, like to me yeah. not much. Uh, now we don't want to end the show now. We're gonna go after hours here, and we're gonna. Are we gonna do Skype. after hours? Yeah, we're gonna take some Skype calls. Sweet. Okay, cool. And let's yeah, let's just shoot. Let's let's talk about whatever conspiracies you want. So should we just end this one right now? You think? Yeah. Let's. Uh, if you want a T-shirt, PayPal transfer to Meteor Music Studio at Gmail dot com. Twenty dollars yeah. in Canada, twenty three in the states. That includes shipping. It's just more expensive in the states because it's more expensive to ship there. Now, is it twenty three American dollars? No, twenty three Canadian dollars. Okay. All Canadian dollars. So it's like <laughs> honestly like sixteen or seventeen American. It's a cheap shirt. They're nice. Yeah. Brains wearing white now. It, it, it is. It's, it's awesome. They're a nice shirt. They are, I'll, I'll say they're really comfortable. Uh, I hadn't seen them. And when I found out the make, I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to be, but I am wearing it right now. And it is uh, so soft. I it's a nice, soft, light it. shirt. Yeah. You can wear an undershirt. You can wear a normal shirt. You can rip the sleeves off. Like you this do would be an unreal summer shirt. <laughs> you like, cut the sleeves off. Yeah. yeah. If you want, like yeah. some people wanted to, sing, yeah. some people wanted to singlet. Yeah. Take Most, mostly Australians. Take it to the gun show. You got, a, you got an allergy to sleeves? If you, if you don't like the sleeves, <laughs> just rip them off. Who yeah. cares? Um, to your shirt. <laughs> you know, uh, you can always send us beer money to uh, keep the show running. We're we're trying to make more avenues so we can make more money, so we can make the show uh, more often and better for you guys. Uh, we like doing it. It is a lot of work though, and uh, so we we got to. It's, it's not free to do. We don't want to make money, but we'd like to do it for yeah, free for us. So for if everyone us, can, yeah. if everyone contributes, we're gonna we're actually we're gonna be starting a Patreon account. We don't want to do advertising. We're not about it. Yeah, I am not, you're not going to hear about any fucking mattresses, yeah, mortgages, <laughs> stamps, oh, or any other bullshit. Stamps.com. Fuck stamps.com. That's our <laughs> shout out. Dude, fuck stamps.com. Yeah, who the fuck is buying stamps in this day and age? Who the fuck yeah. wants to buy stamps online? You know when you need a stamp? Who gives a shit. The last thing you're going to do is be like, oh, I'm going to go online. You know what? I'm out of stamps. You're going to go, oh, I'm going to run to the store to get a couple. You're not going to go, I'm going to order some online. I'm gonna order a fucking huge. Pa- Anyways, well, I don't know if it's so much about stamps as about postage. Most, I mean, you do have to. It's more, you yeah, have to take your stuff to the. You have to take your package to the post hey, office. Hey, you know what? We're not, we're not talking about it. <laughs> yeah, what, what we're saying is here, we're not advertising this bullshit. So we're gonna try and do a Patreon to make the show just run smoother, so we don't have to put our own yep. money in. Everyone contributes a little bit, and it would be sweet. Our big, our big, our big cost right now in the overhead is uh, our SoundCloud account, which we host everything on. Uh, that that oh. costs money. We don't. We didn't do what. There was a new five star review on iTunes. You should look it up real quick. Oh, snap! I don't have Pull my phone's up. dead. Oh, okay, fuck. Uh, Who wants to? I did see that though. So thank you for the new five star review. Uh, Dan's Dan's. Hold on. We'll we'll, oh, we'll what keep bullshitting. Till, what did, yeah. Okay, Dan, you find it. Dan, you pull it up. It it's. Oh, I, I don't have a, I don't have iTunes. What are you talking about? Oh, okay, go to the podcast. Go on your iPad. No, here. it doesn't work it, on the on the iPad. It's not the same. Anyways, we mm-hmm. one thing we did. Oh, you got your phone. I got no internet. Oh, for fuck's we're, ah, we're all fucked up here. But there was yeah, I know. But okay, there's one thing we didn't. We talked a long time ago about going to Fan Expo. We're not going. It's not. Can't happen. So it didn't work Too out this much, year. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. We didn't have enough money. Brayden's moving. This didn't work out. But we're going to. You know what? We have a lot more listeners now than we did four months ago. So yeah, sure. yeah it's pretty cool. If it if it keeps if it keeps going at the same rate by this time next year, there'll be. 40,000 people listening per okay, week. Can I look up? 
Oh, I go to cool. iTunes.com. I mean, I'm looking it up now. If yeah. you guys keep bullshitting. Uh, yeah, keep spreading the word. Like, uh, other thing, um, we get a lot of messages with people wanting to start podcasts or or wanting to join our podcast or start their own and uh, use our name and stuff. Just start your own. Start your own podcast. Talk about the same stuff. It's cool. If, if you, yeah, there's not enough. There's there's more than enough room for all conspiracy podcasts. Yeah. Start your own. If you want some help, we can't... Someone wanted to start an, an alien theorist theorizing chapter in California. It's not going to happen. It's, yeah, we're not a motorcycle club, man. Yeah. We, there's two people who would listen, right? Like, you know what I mean? We just split our audience. Uh, we do do this just for fun, but at the same time, you know, it's uh, it's our baby. We started this by accident, so... Yeah, exactly. There's a ton of good names you can take. Alien philosophers philosophizing. Hey, Take no, that. hey, wait. You know what we are? We are actually alien philosophers philosophizing because that's the only podcast chart we're on, and we're on like number fifty all yeah. the time, fifty or less. Oh, okay, or, so let's see. I got uh, I've got three five star reviews. Yes, it, it'll be. I got one by Bobby WG Scrish and Middle Lady Grace. I don't know. There's oh. a brand new one. What's the one? Uh, let's see. We got one one five star review by Bobby WG. Guys throwing things. Against the wall, speculating. Oh, has those great are old. Potential. That's like the oh, first yeah, one. But the, you know what? Read it. We never read that online. That's true. Yeah, read it. Go ahead, read it. Okay, because they seem genuinely interested and level-headed. Keep up the good work. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Thank we you, did. Thank you. We, we did because that was like our first review. Yeah, it was one of our first. Reviews. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, it so we, we did, okay. in fact, keep up the good work. But anyways, we're gonna go after uh, Alice here. Whoever, whoever did that five-star review, we'll, uh, it'll we'll be get, on We'll get you on the next one. We forgot. We fucked up. You know what? I would have had my phone not died. Yeah, okay. Because I'm usually on that, and I, okay, well, I think I did have We have some loaded. Skype callers. We're going to go after hours here, so uh, stand by. Ow. Keep those eyes on the skies. That's great. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's a good one.